you might know that one of my favorite things is throwing kids parties, and I thought it'd be fun to do a Q&A episode with all of the questions I've gotten lately about throwing awesome kids parties. My goal is always to set it up an experience that is special and in a way magical for everyone that comes to the party. It's a moment in time to celebrate your little birthday boy or girl in a way that is perfect for their age and what they're into right now, and something for them to look forward to and help plan, and then feel so special and loved at the party. I think my love for kids' parties extends from just how cool it is to see things through kids' eyes. To see them get so excited and have so much fun is just the best. In today's episode, we're focusing on enjoying the process of party planning, maximizing your budget and spending less than you probably think, and building an event that runs smoothly and everyone has a great time. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have a super fun episode for you all about kids parties. I love kids parties so much. I love creating magical experiences that everybody that attends has a really great time. And it's sort of like a timestamp as we know kids grow way too fast. And one of my favorite ways that I've learned that helps kind of slow that down is to spend time planning a party and then really being organized and being present and enjoying the party and enjoying your little one during the party. So it kind of like, oh, I remember what they were like at that age. I remember what they were like at four and at eight. Because I remember we had, they were, he was super into hockey. So we had that. She was super into princesses. So we had a princess party. It's just, I love it. And it helps start the new birth year for them in the most magical way. And also, I think the root of it is it just, besides being fun for everyone, it just makes your child feel so special and so celebrated and so loved, not just by your family, but by everyone that comes. Now, I, my favorite thing is doing parties kind of in my way. The way we're going to talk about this today, they do not have to be extravagant or cost a fortune. In fact, the parties that I throw cost far less than I'm sure it looks like. And I'll go through a lot of those reasons why. Basically, it comes down to being efficient with budget, but also only buying things that I can reuse over and over again. So that way, when different party themes come up, I'm having to buy less and rent less every time because over time I've, I've sort of gathered the stuff that I will reuse. So that ends up being very, very helpful in the process. But overall, making it so the planning process is fun, you enjoy it, and the party runs smoothly. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to moms and parents who are like, yeah, the party was a hit, but I was, I was, you know, putting out fires the whole time and I barely saw my kid. And I was sad afterwards because I spent all this time planning the party. And then it felt like it went so fast. And then I was cleaning up the party. Like what just happened? 
So thinking about it in that way, in the way to how can you enjoy the process? How can you spend an amount that's comfortable so that part isn't stressing? And then once the party starts, you are present and enjoying and we've organized things so that they'll run smoothly and we have some helpers on site to do the things so that you're not clearing plates so that you're enjoying your guests and this special moment in time. Um, I've done everything the wrong way. And I think that's why I love sharing tips about kids' parties because it's complicated and they're kids. There's messes and there's just so many moving parts. It's a lot to think about. So I love doing podcasts. If you go to howtobeawesomeateverything.com, search parties or kids' parties, you can pull up every podcast I've ever done about kids' parties. And there are so, so many more tips along the way. But I have three little ones. My kids are now almost 6, 11, and 12. So we've done lots of parties and lots of party themes. And I've learned a lot of things along the way. I've been working on creating an online course about kids' parties for years. And I am finishing it. I am in the final stages. I'm finishing it because I think it's so valuable. And it's what I wish I would have had when I started doing kids' parties. Like I can't tell you how many parties were what I described where I didn't even enjoy it myself or I was stressed leading up to it and then during and then after. And then what's the point of that? Um, And all the other mistakes I've made. So planning out um, the timing of it, making sure kids have enough activities, but not too many activities. And if you're going to have parents stay, so if you put in the invitation you know, to, to stay, or if they're younger kids and the parents always stay, then making sure we have food and drinks and maybe even activities for kids. So just thinking through all of those things ahead of time. Now I say all that, but I also think the planning process does not have to be that complicated. I have a system down now to where I really plan the majority of the party in like two days. And depending on life, sometimes that's, you know, three months ahead of time. Sometimes it's three weeks ahead of time. If you can do it ahead of time, I will say it's very, very nice for two reasons. First, you can space out the little projects. So say you're making little um, bags, like to-go favor bags, and you're going to put each child's name on it in some way. You could do that a couple weeks ahead of time. Or what I love to do, if I have a babysitter here watching watching the kids for a date night, I'll lay out a couple projects. Once the kids go to sleep, help me with these couple party projects. I'll do that for you know a month or two um, before the party. So if we have a babysitter every Saturday night for, for date night going out night, that's a lot of projects that can get done while either the kids are just like hanging out, playing, watching TV, or after they go to bed, it's you know, she's there for five hours. There's a lot that could be done in that downtime. So that's my favorite way to use utilize extra help without actually spending extra money. Um, but if you do the party in less time, I find that you'll just do less details. If you don't want to make yourself crazy and have it consume your entire existence for, for the period of time that you're planning the party. So I love doing it ahead of time if you can. The other benefit is you space out the money. It's so much better to do a little bit here and there and space it out over three months rather than do it if you plan the whole party in two weeks. It just feels like more of a hit paying for everything at the same time. Now, one of the biggest questions I get, let's dive right into the questions. One of the biggest questions I get is about budgeting and how much the parties I throw actually cost. The thing is, is at this point, I've never done line item for line item, and I should, how much a specific party costs me. 
because a lot of it I own. So I own all wood backdrops that all cover with fabrics. And so a whole backdrop, um, I'll have someone come in and do like a balloon garland around the back- backdrop. So that's a hard cost that I that I have an idea going into the party. But the backdrop itself, I make with, you know, $14 worth of fabric. So that's what I really want to get into too. What's worth buying? What's worth renting? What, what's worth splurging and not? I've also done podcasts all on these topics. If you're interested, go search those. Um, but I think that one thing that as far as party budgets that I love to do that works great is write down all of your ideas and write down an approximate amount next to it. For this last party that I did for Presley, we did um, Presley's 11th birthday. The theme was a surprise party. Now that the girls are older, I like to do more unique themes. So this one was a surprise. So obviously the actual party wasn't a surprise. Everyone knew it was happening, but everything had a surprise element to it. So you would do a punch board and punch for a surprise. You would spin a wheel. So lots of it was games. Um, We had big pools of Orbi beads, like water beads, and you had to use tongs and pick out a surprise from the bottom. Um, At the end, we did Presley's regular cake, and then we had a second cake where you pull out the middle and a surprise pops up, and it was a gift from mom and dad. So it was kind of a just a unique theme in the way that there were lots of different surprise elements throughout the entire party. Some were a surprise to Presley, some were a surprise to everyone. Others were just had kind of surprise elements within it. Like you had to spin the wheel and then you could pick a box and get a Sugarfina treat, little Sugarfina cube. And then the girls traded different candies. So it was just fun. It was just a way to do a unique party that was fun and made everyone laugh and kept everyone on their toes. Like what's happening next type thing. So Getting creative with themes, I think, can really be fun. And also, it allows you to do something that's really specific to your child at that age. So what I like to do is you take your party idea, and then you do one massive brain dump. You write down every single idea you have, approximate price next to it, and then you figure out where is best to spend the money. So for this, and it's always kind of a push and pull, for this party... I did very inexpensive and just easy food. I had food delivered from our local Sergeant Pepperoni's Pizza, which we love. So we did pizza and pasta for the, for the kids there. And then I did Mendocino Farms sandwiches and salads. So it was a nice spread, but it was really inexpensive. And now that Presley's 11, most parents dropped off. So there was just a couple parents here. And then my helpers, of course, that I want to feed. So it gave enough food for the kids and the adults. And then I just went to the grocery store and got a bunch of fruit laid out, cute heart bowls with a bunch of fruits and just filled a massive food table. And everyone got food and came up for seconds and it was super sweet. Now, normally I would have some sort of food vendor, but because I wanted to spend money other places, I always kind of do a push and pull. And honestly, it's crazy how you would never realize. Like normally I would love to do either something like an ice cream cart where you can pick your own warm ice cream sandwich or ice cream uh, cookies and make your own ice cream sandwich, but ice cream in the middle or a churro cart or a donut cart. Or one year we did hot dog on a stick where they came and did fresh corn dogs and fries for the kids. For Stella's Willy Wonka party, I had a food vendor that came in that made custom chocolate bars for the kids 
So they would put in what they wanted and actually create their own chocolate bar, which was very, very cool. So usually I've done cotton candy, of course, snow cones. Usually I'll have some sort of food vendor. But one of the biggest things that Presley and I wanted to do was do sweatshirts with the girls' names on them. I found this one from Etsy. I ordered just one um, for Presley and it came in just to check sizing and make sure we liked the sweatshirt and how it turned out and we loved it. So I just decided I would rather spend that, I think they were around $23 per sweatshirt for all the girls coming rather than doing food vendors. So again, you would never realize like the party looked nice and full. You would never realize that in my mind, I was kind of um, not, not skimping on food, but I was just doing that way more casual because something has to be casual, right? Again, it's a push and pull. So we did those sweatshirts and we also wanted to have enough budget to, I say budget, but it's not like I have a set amount going into parties. It's just like, what's the best use of this amount of money? And if we're going to spend this amount on sweatshirts, then we're going to go mellow somewhere else. One question I got about ordering shirts ahead of time for kids, which is something I love doing for Parker's superhero party, we mailed costumes to every every little one that we invited. And it was super cute. I got them from H&M on sale with the coupons. So they were super reasonable, but Hulk and Superman and Spider-Man. Um, so we did that with an invitation and sent it in the mail. So when they opened up the invitation, they also opened up the superhero costume. And even for the, the little ones that couldn't come, it's still so fun. And for those, they would have age ranges, like four to six and six to eight. So knowing the kids' ages, it was pretty easy to put the right sizes in. This time for the girls' sweatshirts, luckily, all the girls want oversized these days. So I did women's smalls pretty much for all. My little Presley is the the littlest, so she did a youth extra large. But I pretty much did oversized, and it works great. Always better to be a little bigger than a little bit smaller, so logistically, that was really easy. We wanted a surprise element, so we didn't do it as part of the invitation. We got them all to the girls the day before. So they got the sweatshirts. And also, I don't want, I don't like for people to feel pressured to have to wear something specific because I always like people to come as they're comfortable. So I made sure that I texted the parents, hey, this is a special, you know, a special little, special little thing that we're dropping off. But honestly, no pressure. If they prefer to wear something else, However you feel happiest and most comfortable, do that. And most girls came, everyone came with it. Some girls came with a t-shirt. It ended up being a warm day, but then they all ended up putting them on, which was so fun. And I mentioned um, also, I think in an Instagram post, it's a very cool way to make everyone unified. So for Presley, it's some from her current school, her new school next year, and her Ariel Silks team. So it's kind of diff- a couple different groups, and it's easy for people to kind of just stick with who they know. But there are certain things like having matching clothes that just creates this camaraderie and kind of girl power. And everyone, I just felt like everyone was very together more than they would be normally because a lot of them had never met each other coming from three different groups. So I just think there's just that kind of like a unifying thing about having something matching or semi-matching that's just really fun and special. And I'm so glad that translated for this party. So as far as cost, one day I will really like line item for line item. This is the things I own, like the backdrop and all the cake stands and all the dessert containers and things like that. Um, But parties really, um, now listen, don't get me wrong. They are not inexpensive, 
But for me, it's my favorite thing. I would rather have that than something else. I I work hard. I've always worked hard. and But my priorities with money have definitely changed to where I see so much more value in experience and feelings and memories than having more stuff, more stuff in the home, more stuff to fill the closet. Um, I just, this is the type of thing that's really special to me. And to be totally straightforward, my husband didn't understand it for the first few years. He just thought this is, it's a kid's party. This is over the top. And I'm like, I under, I understand where you're coming from, but I need you to know this is not for, this is not for anyone to say good job. This is not for social media. This is not to impress parents. This is because like, I love this. I love the process. I love doing it with my kids. Even when my kids were little, they'd run out and help and look forward to it. Like it, it makes me so happy. It's my sort of like little love language with the kids. I really like it. I see 100%, especially from a dude's perspective, that different parts can seem extravagant. And every time I post a party, I'll usually get maybe like two DMs being like, hope your kids can still be normal or have normal sleepovers. And I get that. I completely understand that type of sentiment. Um, But at the same time, I really believe that everyone can spend their money how they want to spend their money. And I'm very careful to try to raise my kids as grounded um, as possible. And listen, we live a very, a very kind of a very, uh, my kids do not live a life. I do not, I try hard. How do I say this? I try hard to make them um, feel very grateful. And um, if they want something, they can earn it or earn half of it, or I wait and get it for a holiday or a birthday. So I feel within myself, pretty good. There's always room for improvement, but pretty good about that. And they know that their birthday party is like their, their special thing. My kids really look forward to it. And I just think it makes them feel very loved and celebrated and special. And their friends are excited since they know the birthday parties are always, are always fun here. Their friends are excited to come. And, um, I just love it. I, I love it so much. And for me, it's worth it. So again, They are not inexpensive, but I definitely do them in a practical, efficient way to where I really maximize the budget. So let's talk about rentals, what to rent and what to buy, because I got quite a few questions on this. Now, the only time I buy things is if I know it's something that I can reuse. So it's cake stands, it's um, candy jars or like wood for a backdrop or linens, things that maybe could work for different themes and you know you could use them over and over again. Also, sometimes it's the same price or less expensive to buy something instead of rent it. So um, in the past, I've done that. And then if it's not something I could use again, I'll list it. I'll have an assistant list it online and sell it for half of what we bought it for. And it still ends up being um, a lot less than renting kind of a push and a pull. You can also only own so many things unless you have an unlimited storage space, which I am busting at the seams. I have a storage unit and I have a couple sheds at my house, uh, mostly filled with party things and um, linens. And every party I do picture frames of the birthday boy or girl from every age. So I have a whole bunch of different easels and picture frames that um, I'll pull out and use for the birthday parties and I'll kind of just change the look of it or repaint them. Um, and then of course I have holiday stuff. 
in the different sheds and, and um, storage units. So that's the downside is you can only house so much, which is the hard part about buying. Sometimes you have to go with what's easy too. Maybe you might feel like, oh, these rentals are perfect for the theme, but they're a little bit more than I want to spend. But it's easy. Someone brings them in and then takes them away. There's something very easy about that. And also um, you're not making things for weeks and weeks. Again, it depends on the, how much effort you want to actually build. Sometimes I'll buy things on Etsy and I'll be like, oh, this kills me because I could absolutely make this and like it just as much and save this money. But sometimes I can, first of all, I'm like, well, I see theirs. So I know that it turned out well. There's always a degree of error if you're doing it yourself. And also it's just a matter of time when there are so many different moving parts. If you want to do for a party, you're going to have, a, if, if you have a couple activity stations or crafts or food stations, it's a lot of moving parts. So sometimes having someone do them ends up being just easier and more efficient. Next question, what food do you serve? So I think there are so many ways to do inexpensive, delicious food. And my favorite, favorite way is to make a food table, like one huge table. Think of a, like a cheese board, but an entire table. So maybe you put down um, a bunch of, a bunch of um, kind of plates or boards to make a food board, or you can put like kind of brown butcher paper and line things on it. But it is the best way to look like this massive, beautiful, yummy spread of food, but really be inexpensive. You can go to the grocery store and buy trays of brownies and packs of cookies. And when you unpackage them and you display them all together with fruits and veggies and little sandwiches, or maybe you order some pizzas, but by separating it out, don't serve the pizza in the box, by separating it out and sort of designing it, it looks so good. And then put in the middle something that goes with the theme. So when I was doing the superhero party, I wanted to spend money on the uh, big bo- um, bounce, I mean, sorry, bubble, and what am I, ball pit, ball pit with a slide to go in the middle with a double slide. And I wanted to have the characters come and I wanted to, to do rentals for my favorite rental place, Platinum Party Rentals in LA and do this, the cityscape and all that. So I was like, I'm going mellow with food. I did super like pickup food, bought food, made some stuff, chopped it into squares, and then made this big, huge table filled with food. And you walked up and you were like, oh, yum. And kids would dive right in. But to me, it was great because it was saving so much money because it was all really inexpensive. But just by changing the setup of it, it looks it looks really good. It looks like a professional kind of cheese board, dessert board, food board, um, food board, cheese board setup, but it's this whole massive table. So it gives lots of options, lots of variety, and you sort of feed everyone in one station. That's another thing. You have to be careful about how many moving parts that you have, depending on how much help you have. And again, we want you to be freed up to enjoy the party and spend time with your guests. You can't be working the whole time. So when you're thinking about how you're going to feed everybody and the activities, keep in mind how much work is involved in the moment, the cleaning up, the setting up, the re-prepping, because we want you free to be enjoying, not feeling like you're working for the entire party. Another question I get asked a ton that I think is so important is what type of help do you get for parties and how do you manage that? 
So I love asking people that are already in my world because I know them, I trust them, I know that they can be reliable, or friends with high school age kids. For several parties that I've done that needed quite a few helpers, um, I would have a friend ask their kids, so if they had one child in high school, and say, hey, I would talk to her and get, can you gather six friends? You guys will all make $80 each. I'm going to give you a fun shirt to wear. You can wear jean shorts. And can you help run the party? This is an investment, but it is so worth it. So that way you're not helping people, you know, open up paints that need help or decorating cookies. I love putting one helper, like a high school girl or a babysitter or anyone else that you have at each area. And they know how to do their specific thing. So I would tell, walk them through. Now the key is have them be debriefed before the party day, not on the actual party day. So either have them come over or just send them a quick video. Say, this is your entire setup. This is your table. This is your craft. This is how the end result will, will look. If you can please be in charge of helping kids do this, make sure they don't get too messy or get their clothes too messy. Make sure you write their name on it. And please tidy up the station and prepare it like prepare it so it looks the same way for the next people that come in. That way they're refreshing your station. That is key. I'm telling you, a lot of times you don't need professional companies to come in. You can do it yourself. You can find the craft on Pinterest or just cruise the cruise the aisles at the craft store. Find your crafts. Same thing if you're doing um, a food activity. One year I did a spring party with like an Easter egg hunt. And I did make your own dirt cups with pudding. And then they would put in their crumbled Oreos. And then they would put in their gummy worms. And for Presley's party, she was turning five. So lots of little kids. I did this thing, this type of setup where I had helpers, lots of them, one at every station. I also at this party did spring planting. So you would pick a pot, you could even paint your pot, and then you would put dirt inside and then plant a flower that you would take home. This same spring party, outside the party, I had those balloon animals that you walk, like a balloon dog or a balloon bunny. So that needed someone to help too, help the kids pick them out, help the kids make sure they weren't grabbing six of them. So sometimes you can have people doing two things, right? Like that balloon station doesn't require someone standing there the whole time. So I also had her in charge of a couple other things at the entry and the exit, making sure people grabbed goodie, like empty bags on the way in to collect the things that they were going to make and build through for the party. And then on the way out, make sure everyone had a balloon animal and a couple other little details. Again, the key is don't put it on yourself to walk them through every detail because you're not going to remember it. Someone's going to be pulling you, hey, where's a, a power cord? Where's an extension cord? Where's the outlet? Um, did you pay the deposit? People are going to be pulling you in all different ways, which is another tip. Make sure you have everything that you need sorted out. I like to try to pay all vendors, especially if it's people I've used, I'll pay them in full ahead of time. That way I don't have to make sure I find a check or pay them or am Venmoing them in the middle of the party. Also make sure you have cash for tipping, but anything that you can do ahead of time is just the best. Anything that will save you five minutes here or there. Like sometimes I've been like, oh shoot, where did I put those checks? Or I thought I paid it in full. Let me hop online and see if I still owe anything. I tried to, the day before the party, email, text, confirm 
all vendors, make sure they know what time they're setting up, give them an idea of where they're setting up, and also any final details. And make sure they have my cell phone number if there are any problems the day of. But when you're doing your day before planning, don't just get caught up in the stuff at at your house or at the at the event or or whatever it is, but also confirm with anyone helping you, vendors or helpers. And I'm telling you, help having helpers like high school girls is one of the ways that I've been able to throw parties with lots of moving parts. And it's not as expensive as it looks because I'm not hiring these these fancy craft companies. I'm just buying my own crafts and hiring high school girls to manage them. But it looks really polished because they're wearing something that matches the party theme. So I'll either say, hey, could you please wear all white or light colors? Or um, one year I did for Stella, I did kind of a New Year's Eve type theme. And I got everyone Forever 21 sort of like rose gold sequin dresses. And they were so cute. They were like $19, but they were so cute and everyone was matching. So don't um, feel like you can't do certain details because it might get too pricey. Just think creatively. And again, everything is a push and pull. That's why I think the parties that I throw look like they cost a lot more than they do because I'm very strategic. And if anything just becomes too expensive or too complicated, I just scratch it because nobody will know but you. That's one of the things. You have to enjoy the process of doing it. And sometimes I eliminate things that I was like, oh, I was so excited about that. But again, if it just gets too complicated that I can see that there could be a problem with it or it's just going to take way too much time to put together or something just came back, maybe a quote came back way too expensive, then it's time to just regroup and um, figure out an alternative that would be a nice swap for it. Next question, how do you prep things ahead of time? Now, we touched on this a little bit as far as anything that you can do ahead of time, all the little details, set it out and do a little bit each day. Or if you have a babysitter or a helper, any any details that you could not be doing the couple days before the party is just going to be so great for your sanity, just having nice chunks of things done. So if you're making little to-go bags with their names on it, or you are crafting little boxes, whatever it is that you're building, if you can do that ahead of time, I love it. I also don't mind a party that's planned in a week. Now you have to understand sometimes you might not have the same customization or the same options, but it's incredible with Amazon Prime and Amazon Prime overnight, you can make something very cool happen very, very quickly. I think it's important, like I said, for your happiness during during the party planning process, it can't, it has to feel good. It has to feel good the entire time and also managing your emotions after the party because you put a lot into it. And on that note, my, the way that I have figured out to not have kind of that like bummer feeling after like, oh my gosh, it went so fast is make sure you get plenty of photos and videos. So whether you hire a professional photographer and videographer, or again, you could hire a high school girl and I always do, if you're going to, if you're not going to hire a professional, do a couple, have two different girls, maybe with two different cell phones, or maybe one has a, a you know, a digital camera and one has a cell phone. One's in charge of doing photo. One's in charge of doing video. It is a really big bummer if you do all these cool things and then you don't document it. And a lot of times you're busy socializing, you're welcoming people, you're helping, you know, manage different things that go on. And you're not thinking about capturing every detail and every moment. 
Um, sometimes I'll have one girl I'll say, hey, will you just follow around the birthday boy or girl for the first hour and get little candidates of them with their friends and little videos. And then it just, it's this, the memory of it is even stronger because you have these cool photos and videos to look back on. And I always make a photo book of each party. So that way, even if it's just a little one on Shutterfly and put it in their room, it just makes the memory of it last longer. And your efforts are are remembered and it just it makes them feel loved and special and celebrated long after the actual party ends. Okay, last few questions. How do you build dessert tables and backdrops? The dessert table is my favorite because I think that it is I love putting it in the center of the eye for the experience of it when people walk in because it's just like, oh, yay, it's a party. It makes you feel the theme. And of course, they're sweet. So what's better than that? I usually will, I always think about having the cake somewhere where I can have the birthday boy or girl easily get into position to blow out the candle. So sometimes I will put it on a small table that I have. Um, I have all sorts of kind of plainish tables or sometimes I'll paint them if they're wood. But it's important to, or have a small table that you can bring out. Because sometimes if you just have a big cake on a big table, either the kid has to sit on the main table or stand on the main table or you have to hold them. They work, but just make sure you think about, okay, where is the blowout the candles moment just so it goes smoothly and you like the photos from it. Um, So I, this is one of those things where I think it's worth investing in if you are going to have lots of kids parties and entertain a lot to have cake stands and candy jars. I reuse mine over and over and over. At this stage, I have a couple types. I have all white, plain white ceramic. I also love anything clear acrylic. So I have acrylic, more so like um, ice cream cone holders, things like that, cake pop holders. But then I have bright colors. On Amazon, they have awesome ones that are just bright colored cake stands. And then I have light pink because I was doing girl parties for lots and lots of time. And then the last type I have is metallics, some gold, some rose gold, and some silver. A lot of times between these combinations, I really am never buying anything unless it's very specific to the theme, unless I'm buying some sort of decoration that things will go on. Like maybe if it's us, if it's an um, automotive type party, I might buy like a train that could be used and put cake pops on top of it. So unless it's very specific to the theme, all the basics I own, which makes it so much easier and so much less expensive. So those are the things I think are worth kind of collecting over time. For the dessert table, the things that I think are the easiest to get wrong is not thinking about your linens. A lot of times linens you buy online are really sheer or really wrinkled. So make sure if they're sheer, you have a base color underneath it and you have a steamer so you can make sure it's really nice and steamed. Same thing with the backdrop. A lot of the ones you buy online are going to be thin or wrinkled. So make sure that you th- you um, that you steam it out. Also, think about what's behind your dessert table. You could do this super inexpensive. Like I said, I own big pieces of wood now that I just drape fabric over and then put balloons around it, uh, hang a sign in the middle, and done. But there's so many ways to do it. You could do a bunch of balloons. If you're having your party at a park, you don't even need um, something necessarily specific if you like the background or the beach where the background is beautiful, whether it's outdoors or even behind you. 
But a lot of times when I've helped people with parties or friends, they've said, oh, I just didn't realize like my kitchen was in the background. It just kind of lost the feeling of it. So I love it if you can do something behind the dessert table that sort of ties in the theme. And that way it's your photo backdrop too. It's where you get your individual photos of your little one and family photos in front of it. It becomes the center of the party and where everyone kind of goes and checks out the treats. But also it serves as a really fun photo backdrop that kind of captures the essence of the whole party. I'll buy candy online, sometimes from one of the candy websites or just Amazon or even Party City. I'll type in if I'm doing a set, like I did a tractor party for Parker's third birthday. So I did green and orange and yellow. So I would do type in taffy, type in gumballs, jelly beans. I like to get candies that kids like, of course, but also ones that um, are pretty in jars versus ones that, you know, have the brand name all over them. So gumballs are always cute, like the metallic taffies are really cute and kids usually like those. Sometimes if I do it ahead of time, I'll do personalized M&Ms. The personalization ends up being kind of small, but it's still cute especially if you do those in like a little um, to-go as part of their their um, gift that they take home. is cute that the little detail that it's personalized. Or you just go on Amazon and type in bulk green M&Ms and you can get a whole bunch, like five pounds of green M&Ms and it fills a whole jar and it makes such a statement and variety on your dessert table. I love a combination of obviously a main cake. Sometimes I like a couple cakes because I think that is so fun, a couple different flavors a couple smaller cakes to add to the look, and then all the other things, cookies and cake pops. I use a, uh, my fabulous friend, Brooke. She owns a company called Bang Pop Shop Locally. The only problem is she is like semi-retired um, because she's been doing it for a while and has other things going on. But I love her dearly, and she's promised to do every party for me till the end of time because we have so much fun building it. That last hour before the party starts, designing it and styling the dessert table or the dessert wall Whatever it is, it's just, it's so much fun and like a special bond that we have together. But it's incredible how you can get store-bought cookies and cupcakes and get themed cake toppers and put them in, or cupcake toppers, and it can look so custom. Like I was saying with the big food board, the big food table, similar. You can just get, for me, the key is kind of like getting them plain from a local bakery or a grocery store and then adding in your own custom toppers or cupcake liners or putting them in um, on a cool cake stand or in cool displays. There's so many ways that you can do your own dessert table. And I've done that too. When Brooke's been out of town or traveling, I'm like, okay, I'm building my own dessert table and I have someone make the cake. But then the rest of it, I either make things for, or I'll get them from one bakery or two different places, pick up more like kind of plain items, people who don't do as custom of stuff. And then I add my own things to it. I've even gotten lots and lots of Krispy Kremes. And then um, what do you brush brush on it to make things stick? Is it just water? I have to ask her. I don't know. We need to Google it, friends. But you can like brush a little frosting on it or I'm not sure if it's water or something else. But then do your sprinkles and it sticks to it. So many ways that you can take things that are inexpensive to add volume and build your own dessert table or dessert wall. One tip for making sure it all gets eaten. This is one question I get all the time. What about all the waste? Now, this took me several parties to learn the hard way so I didn't end up with lots and lots of desserts, but I always have to go containers. So whether the parents stay or if it's a drop-up party and parents pick up, 
I always have some sort of to go containers that are cute that match the theme in some way, like inexpensive. Like this time I did, um, I had some actual boxes made this time, but I also had bigger, um, iridescent, um, kind of square boxes from Amazon and people would, I would give them to the parents and say, Hey, take some home to the family, grab a couple cake pops and pretzels and raise crispy treats dipped that Brooke made. And every single thing was taken home. And of course, my team. So I always have my housekeeper. Remedios is the sweetest. She's been with us since before Presley was born. So probably 12 years now. She is so fantastic. Always helps me on party days. And then she will usually bring a friend, depending on what it is. This time she had a dude friend come because there was a lot of moving furniture and stuff in the days leading up to it. Also, we were working in a smaller space. So I knew that there would be cleanup in between. So we did the meals at the tables and then... Um, every, all the kids went out and went in the bounce house and then we cleaned the whole space, all the food, all the plates, swept the floor and then reset it up for the activities and crafts. Then when they were done with the crafts, we picked up all the trash and reset it all again for cake and desserts. So I knew there would be a lot of moving parts. And again, I'm trying to enjoy the party as much as possible. So I had them there to help me and, um, I had them take home a lot of the extra food too, but they're really, I've gotten very good at ordering to where, there's plenty because I never want to worry about being low on food. But also by the time we feed everyone, especially if you have vendors, make sure that you plan enough to feed them. I love a taco truck too, by the way. I think um, a taco or a taco kind of bar is a great way. Everyone loves the food, kids and adults. There's so much variety. And a lot of times it's inexpensive, but it's just like fresh food. It's like a crowd pleaser. Um, okay, very, very last questions. Um, how do you pick a theme? So for me, this part is really important that the kid loves the theme. And it's kind of like picking a Halloween costume ahead of time. I swear my, my kids every single year change their mind a week before Halloween. So you don't want to plan the party six months ahead of time where maybe they like Peppa Pig now, but they'll like Minnie Mouse in, in, in six months. But for me, it's something that it has to be really exciting and fun for them, but also feel good for you to do too. So usually I'll tell them to give me a couple of ideas. That way you have some to work with. That way it's something that you feel good with. Because sometimes you might not want to do a theme party that's um, that's a type of fad, you know, something that um, feels too, I don't know, like faddish that you'll look back on pictures later or you'll just be like, oh, why did I pick that theme? So make sure it's a theme you like, get a couple options from them, and you know them. You know their age, you know their friends, you know what will be special. But I think the key is, is like I said, talk to them, make sure it's one of the things that they like. Then I go online and do one massive inspiration search. Again, this has to be efficient. That's the program that I'm laying out that it's taking me so long to build in this How to Throw Awesome Kids Parties online course because... I have such a process for it that it's so efficient. I run it like a business and it's fun and it's kind of like a game to get all the things done and and move money around and and make it all line up and work. Um, But part of the process is being very efficient with it. So you're not constantly looking for a different inspiration. You, You pick your theme and then you do one huge session where you're like grabbing, okay, I need a picture of an inspiration picture for a cake and desserts and options for linens or the dessert wall or what my kid's going to wear, what the whole family's going to wear. I make one folder and then it's great because you can be in communication with any vendors that you have. So that way you say, okay, our colors are um, whatever, like I was saying, with the tractor party. So I did all shades of green with a little bit of yellow and orange. 
So instead of just telling them that, I want to show them here is inspiration. Here is our color palette. That way, anyone who's helping you knows the colors and that way it doesn't come out off. Sometimes when I was early in kids party planning, I would just tell them and someone's version of all shades of green is different than another person. So give the people that are working with you, whether it's balloons or um, a cake, give them inspiration and especially your colors. That is going to be key. And think about all the ways that you can personalize the party that aren't a huge cost. Like I said, doing um, having your helpers have matching outfits. Like one year I did a Hawaiian party and I got everyone Hawaiian shirts. And you can get them pretty inexpensive from different websites if you take the time. But it looks so polished. Everyone looks so good. You walk in and you're like, wow, this is what a cool experience. And then you can weigh out different options and decide how you want to spend your budget. I usually will pick kind of one impactful thing. When I did that Hawaiian luau party, I really wanted um, luau dancers. I wanted um, the kind of entertainment part of a luau. So that's where I went heavier on the budget. And then other things I did more DIY with food and with crafts and activities. It's also really cool if you can find people to help you that are experts, um, but they could do it as a side gig. Sometimes if you hire companies, if you want to do, say you wanted to do hair braiding and makeup and nails, sometimes a company can be great because it's easy and it's a one-stop shop, but other times it can be more expensive than it really needs to be. Sometimes I will ask around and find someone who could do a hairstyle and add in some glitter and, and add in some things and I just hire them on my own. And then that way it's just less complicated and less expensive, but we still have that cool element of having someone um, having a station like that for the little kids to go to. As you can tell, I could talk about kids parties forever and ever and ever. I love it so much. And I'm telling you, I just think that life is unpredictable and we all have stresses and we all have things that we have to deal with. And to be able to sort of pause on life, like, whoa, 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 slow things down, be present and like, love this moment, love this age, love this little one turning, you know, from going from four to five. And we're doing this fairy, fairy garden party because that's what she loves at this age. And that's what she thinks her friends will love. And this is what she did. And this is how she danced. And this is the stuffed animal she brought. Like, it's just so special and magical. I really hope that all the tips I put out on kids' parties help you to throw parties that feel comfortable for you and give you inspiration and make it seem more manageable and less overwhelming. That's always my goal with everything. And I'm going to be putting out a lot of free resources too soon as I finish this party course. Finally, of course, the course will be available, but lots of also free resources and checklists and downloads and a full outline of the process that I use to make it, I'm telling you, easy, efficient, and make parties run really smoothly because that's the whole goal. We want to create these special experiences, but we don't want to, you know, kill our lives for a whole month leading up to the party as well. And we just want the whole thing to run smooth and feel good, get the right pictures, have the right experiences, play with your child all so not not be tasking and working and cleaning the whole time all the things to think about but made in the most kind of you know special way i think by planning ahead of time you can avoid so many of these things so that way the party really turns out 
exactly as you want it to turn out, turn out and it accomplishes the goal of everyone that comes has a really fun time and your birthday boy or birthday girl feels so loved and so special and so celebrated and that is a feeling that never goes away. It doesn't just last two or three or four hours for the party. It lasts the whole year and beyond, especially if you make a photo book. I'm telling you, that's the key. So all your hard work is really remembered. And also it's just, it adds to our overall our overall self-confidence. I think when you're celebrated at any age, but especially as a child, to feel so special and loved and with so much energy and, and passion put into it, I just think there's nothing quite like it. That's why I love Kids Party so much. Thank you so much for listening. Howtobeawesomeateverything.com has everything, um, has our podcast, and eventually we'll have this party course if you are interested in that. Again, you can search any um, podcast on the website. Just type in what you're interested in, in this case, parties or kids' parties. Lots of different episodes will come up with lots of free, valuable insight and resources that I think will be very, very helpful for you in planning your next kids' party. Thank you so much for listening and have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.